If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. The talent for so many players today, the talent in the spotlight, it's taking them to heights that their character's not strong enough to support. I'm one of those set goals, chief goals. I talked about faith, passion, obviously the drive with the guys that I've been around and the guys that surround me every single day. If I want to be one of the best, I've got to play with and against the best. Okay, so that which gets praised gets repeated. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle, brought to you by PGC Basketball. Players, thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Hardwood Hustle. I'm your host, Adam Bradley, alongside TJ Rosine. Special thanks to our friends over at PGC Basketball. Lead them up and Team Snap for all their support of the Hardwood Hustle. Today, we're continuing in our series about pitfalls to avoid as a player and ways to get past them. TJ, today we're talking about looking up at the stands all throughout the game, all during warm-ups. We recently put a poll out to coaches and said, what are some of the things that frustrate you most about your players? And this one showed up frequently. Yeah. This looking up, this kind of checking out the audience, who's in the stands, you know, uh, waving to people, nodding to people, almost like you're half there, half on the court. You know, it's like, where is your mind really at? I think that's what coaches are wondering. Right. You know, where is the focus at? And players, I think if we're honest, we, we could probably say, yeah, I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm, I'm going through warm-ups, and I'm checking out who's walking in the door. I'm checking out who's going to be in the house. And I recognize some of that's human nature, right? And, yeah. and you know, just because you're curious and things like that. But we've got to be aware of what that potentially could be doing for us mentally pregame and during the game. We also have to be aware of the coach's perception of that because at the end of the day we want to have a good working relationship with our coaches and if there's something that that they are getting frustrated about with that i think we need to be sensitive to it i think we need to talk about it yeah i think you know looking up in the stands and warm-ups like i mean I, I, that's not the end of the world i think because players are just kind of getting acclimated to this to this to the setting i know as a coach i even look up there sometimes to see if my wife and kids are there you know and i know as a player like i'm wondering who's here and all that you just can't let it consume you you know what i mean a peak here and a peak there and just kind of getting your bearings about you like i i get that but more importantly as you get closer to the end of that warm-up and you get closer to the game and especially when you're in the game like looking up in the stands can be really really annoying um um, you know, to a coach because here's what I know. Nothing in the stands is going to help you win a game. And coaches <laughs> want players that are about it. You know, coaches want players that are locked in to the mission at hand where everything else is, is around you does not matter. You know, one of the, the best um, equations is something I can equate it to is um, our friend Spencer Wood, Icebox athlete, shared with me one time. And this, this is a little bit extreme. You know, basketball is not war, so I sometimes don't like making the analogy, right? But he talked about, you know, most of the time, like when you're in war, um, a lot of times, you know, you can hear a mile away gunshots going off or a bomb being dropped dropped or a whole bunch of different things going on around but most of the time like what gets you in the most trouble is the thing that's 12 inches in front of you you know the thing that's right there and so I think in basketball if you're you're paying attention to the noise everything that's going on around you the you know the officials the people in the crowd you're you're not locked in on what's most important which is the play right in front of you and so i think that's where coaches get frustrated the most when um you're are, you know you're showing them or you're saying to them that i'm thinking about something else because what could you possibly be looking at in the crowd, right, that could make you better in the game? And so you have to be conscious of, of, of uh, the message that you're sending them when you're doing that. I also get this impression sometimes that the players, 
they're they're performing for the crowd. Mm-hmm. Like like they're they're almost trying to show out for the crowd, yeah. right? And putting on a display for the crowd, and and it's causing them to maybe you know on a fast break make a a slightly more selfish decision, right? For a more highlight type real versus what's the best play. Yeah. You know, so for me I think there's a little bit of a subtle conflict at times in the player's mind that am I playing for the purpose of the game and the purpose of the team and what we are trying to accomplish versus I'm trying to to do things to show out from for what's in the stands, maybe to make a special play or a special pass that I shouldn't do, but I, I, I I'm tempted to do because it'll look good for the people in the stands. I yeah. think there's this conflict subtle Right, I, I don't think it's a major conflict. Like a player's confused, but I think it shows itself throughout the games when your mind is focused on playing for the stands, playing for what's in there, and rather than keeping the blinders on and focus on what's ahead of you, like you said. Yeah, I mean, I recognize that that um, more often than probably ever, players are looking for the sports center play. You yeah. know, and it's a problem. Like I coach college players, and and I see it all the time where, you know. Um, if you want to know what your coach loves, because really they hold playing time and everything else in their hands, like they love winning and the best player that you're going to be around, they love winning. Right. But when you start compromising, um, winning or, you know, doing the the simple right thing for the sake of, uh, hoping it goes viral for hoping it goes on sports center. And, and that's a high level thing, but really at the end of the day, you're probably just looking to get the crowd excited. Like that's a simpler place to be. But at the end of the day, any of those ulterior motives end up hurting you and the team. And I think more than ever, those plays and those opportunities are sought out. And I'll be honest with you, like coaching for a long time, players, this is really important thing for you to understand. Great plays are typically the result of little things done well and an opportunity shows itself. Most amazing plays don't repeat happen. That, repeat that. Yeah, well, mo- most of the plays, I don't know if I could repeat it, but most amazing <laughs> plays happen because small, simple things are done over and over again and an opportunity presents itself. That's when it's really, you know, things like, you know, most of the players, if you're hunting the alley oop, it's usually when it goes wrong. If you're totally. hunting, you know, if you're hunting the, uh, the, the break somebody off and the defense is watching, it's usually when it goes bad. When you go one way and a player goes that way and you read him and you make the crossover, that's usually when an ankle breaks is when you make that read on a player. usually happens when a great defensive player gets a steal so that you can get in transition because they made a read to get two-on-one. You don't hunt those those big-time plays. They happen because you do little things well and a big opportunity shows itself. And and, and those are hard to do when, you, when you're thinking about pleasing the crowd, when you're thinking about what people are thinking about. And I think another part of looking into the crowd that I think, you know, um, um, and I get this, like I think too often today, like players, you're affected by what your parents are thinking up in the stands and you're trying to look at them and can I get approval from that? I see that all the time in tennis matches, like the U.S. Open, Wimbledon, they're looking at their coaches and you, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that in this day and time. You've got to go be about winning on the floor. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, your game should not change based on who is in the stands. Yeah. It really shouldn't. You shouldn't, you know, because that's that girl walks in or that that boy walks in that you, you know, you've got a thing for it. That there shouldn't be a change in your basketball performance. You should be approaching the game at the highest level that you possibly can play, looking to make the best basketball play that you possibly can make, regardless if there's a scout in the stands, regardless if there's that guy or girl that you're after is in the stand, regardless if your grandparents are in the stands, you know. 
know, regardless of it, you should still be wanting to make the best absolute play. Now, if the coach, you know, gives you a little bit more freedom because maybe your grandparents, like I was just thinking last night, you know, you know, one of your players, their, their family was in from England, right? And I'm sure... You know, that player naturally wanted to play a good game, you know, but I would hope he wants to play a good game regardless if his yeah. grandparents are in the stands. But, you know, and now if the coach gives him a few more opportunities, right, and gives him a little greener light out there to, like, make some plays, hey, shoot that three, you know, shoot it. Like, hey, I'm giving you the green light. Like, go for it, you know, then then, then go for it. But for a player to change their game or to try to do things outside of their scope of their skill set of, or or make not make the right basketball play to impress out there, that's the problem. And, and players, I want, I want us to just make sure we know. Some of you may be thinking, it's just looking up in the stands. Like, I'm just, you know, I'm just checking it out. It's not a big deal, right? And they may, and you may be minimizing, like, what's the big deal in this? I really do believe it. It's not so much the action of actually looking in the stands. Mm-hmm. It's, it's this thought process of taking my focus off what's here and putting it over there and having that subtly play a role in what's happening on the court. Yeah. And I think one other one I want to talk about is the looking up in the stands at your parents because maybe you're so anxious to please or maybe you don't want to disappoint or maybe they're hard on you or maybe, you know, there's a lot of reasons that people people do that. I think, one, you need to acknowledge that. And this is your sports career, not your parents' sports career, you know. And for some players, I know that they feel a lot of pressure at home. I actually remember coaching a nine-year-old baseball team one time and this kid came out one day and, and his name was uh, Spank. That's what his nickname was. And Spanky comes out, and he's out there, and he, he's just smiling, running around, playing baseball like he's never loved it more in his life. And I said, Spanky, and every other day he looked miserable. I said, Spanky, what's up, man? Like, it's great to see this attitude. And he said, yeah, man, my parents are working the concession stand today. <laughs> and it broke my heart. I mean, he, he, all, he was so miserable when his parents were watching, you know, because he felt so much pressure. I don't know if he could articulate at nine years old what and why he felt the way he did, but all of a sudden he realized his parents weren't there and he played a lot looser you know and I think at the end of the day your parents want the best career for you as well and and maybe they're not doing a great job of articulating their you know their desires for you and maybe they think they're helping you by putting that pressure on you but they may not be helping you but at the end of the day this is your career and you don't owe them anything you don't owe anybody anything the only thing that you owe is yourself to give your best effort and your team to give them everything you got and you'll walk away from your career really happy if you give everything you have of your ability to yourself and you gave everything you had to be selfless to your team, you'll be really happy you did. And don't don't worry about everybody else in the equation. And players, hopefully this episode today kind of lit up your conscience a little bit, got you thinking, got you more aware and sensitive to how you are interacting with the stands and, and how much you're looking up and, and moving forward, you know, as TJ just said, keeping your focus on your game, keeping your focus on your teammates, keeping your focus on your coaches, and almost in many ways having blinders so you can focus on doing the best job possible as a player and and not necessarily being distracted or getting out of your game because you're trying to do something for someone that ultimately doesn't have the direct impact for your game so listen hopefully this helped players we'd love for you to share uh, with your teammates coaches if you're listening we'd love for you to share with your team as well Uh, we're in the midst of a series about pitfalls to avoid and how to get past them as players and and this is one of a series of episodes so uh, make sure you check out the other ones I am Adam. He is TJ. Together we are the Hardwood Hustle. Till next time, we're out.